The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to leverage the world's biggest video search engine, YouTube. Joining us is Nate Woodbury, who is the owner of Be The Hero Studios, which is a video production agency helping clients to grow their YouTube following and turn their channels into lead generation machines that generate up to seven figures. And today, Nate is going to talk us through not only the value of YouTube as a channel, but how he outsources content production. Okay. Here's my conversation with Nate Woodbury, owner of Be The Hero Studios. Nate, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Going to share all my secrets. Very excited to get the inside scoop, to get the dirt. And let's start off by hearing a little bit about you and your company. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, I've had my company for 10 years now, and it's been an evolution. Really just found a great opportunity with YouTube proved it in small scale and grew it from there to where now I'm producing 13 different YouTube channels. Most of them are daily and I've got a great track record of success. You know, my biggest channel is bringing in between five and $600,000 per month. And that's just from the leads that are coming from the YouTube channel. So I travel the country and I speak a lot just teaching influencers how they can use these exact same strategies because it takes a lot of work, but it's actually just simple steps. You've got to repeat a lot. So I'm happy to teach those here. I'm excited to talk to you for personal reasons. A, because it sounds like our models are relatively similar and you're farther down the path where you're working in YouTube and I'm working in podcast productions, obviously a different medium in terms of you know not being video. I work in audio, but the idea of creating these verticalized shows and then replicating the model is something that we're starting to do and investigating. Talk to me a little bit about the categories that you're creating content for. Are they your personal interest? Are they related? What's the type of material that you're producing video content for? So I work with a lot of coaches, speakers, and trainers. So my biggest channel is real estate investing. He teaches all about real estate investing. I've got another channel that's how to be a better parent. That same channel also covers topics like positivity and relationships. There's another channel on entrepreneurship. Another channel that's uh, by a life coach. Another one that we're launching is in the nutrition space. You know, how to keep healthy and learn all the ins and outs of natural health. So there's really a big opportunity for people who have expertise to share that expertise and to teach that expertise on YouTube. 
It seems like all the personal fitness brands that are popping up that are success kind of fall into a couple buckets. It's how to get rich, how to be healthy, and how to be happy. It seems like those are some of the things that you're working on as well. Or maybe how to get smarter. Let's throw the MarTech podcast in as an educational platform. You know, I think that there's plenty of content in YouTube and in audio. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about your process. You're working in very different spaces from parenting to real estate. Your production process is probably pretty similar, even though the industries that you're creating content for are different. Walk me through what you're doing to make daily shows. Early on, I had to figure out an efficient way to do things because one of the ingredients of my formula is you need to post five or more episodes a week to get a certain result. Well, for business owners, daily content on YouTube, that's really tough. You can't just meet together and film every day. So when we film, we actually film 20 episodes in a single day. And then that gives us four weeks worth of content. So we have a system that we follow of finding the topics, then preparing that content and then filming. That's really the only way that makes it possible. And we are getting those great results. And then obviously I can, that's how I'm able to juggle 13 different channels. So So the first thing that you're doing is a working with the talent and you're blocking off an entire day to produce a mass amount of content. Is there a length or duration that you're targeting for a specific piece of content for video? How long do people actually keep their interest? Kind of the sweet spot on YouTube is 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah, that's a little shorter than podcasts. We found that in the audio medium, people are either commute or treadmill length, which is somewhere between 18 to 24 minutes. So people, when they're actually having to look at a screen, have a shorter attention span. Makes a lot of sense. So you're producing, if you're doing 20 videos and they're 10 minutes each, roughly, you're producing about 200 minutes of content in a day. Once you have that in the can, I'm using air quotes because I'm trying to pretend to be knowledgeable about video production, what's the process moving forward? Yeah, then I've got a team in the Philippines. So 14 people strong. I've got editors. I've got thumbnail designers. I've got quality control. I've got a bookkeeper just every step along the way to get that video ready and scheduled for launch on YouTube. And we use Dropbox as the medium to get the footage from me and my filming team here in Utah to my team in the Philippines, and they take it from there. So let's double click on what that process looks like. I want to compare notes because we do something similar with our content production. We don't have 14 people. I think we're up to seven or eight people for sales, marketing, and production. A video gets shot. Right. I'm assuming it goes to the editor first and they're cutting down the actual raw footage to make the videos. What happens next? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm trying to visualize. I've got like a 40 something step process that it'll go through as it passes one person to the next. I actually use a tool called Kanban tool. It's very similar to Trello. I used Trello for many years, but there are some add-ons that I couldn't get for Trello that I was really looking for. And I found this tool called Kanban tool that works great for what I'm using it for. So first, we'll have the project set up. We'll kind of set up the default template we edit in Adobe Premiere. And it first goes to the storyteller. And the storyteller pieces it together, kind of chooses the order, chooses what parts should be in it, and if there's anything that needs to be edited out. If videos need to be put on hold, there's a place where they'll go, and there's a person assigned to follow up on those and make sure that there's certain, if there's a missing file, and that's why we can't proceed, you know, missing audio file or something. I have a different editor for vlogs, and so there's columns for them. And then it goes to Frame, where Frame is a place where our clients, and we don't do this with all of our clients, but some of our clients that want to will review the video, and they can put in comments that are timestamped right in Frame. 
And then it goes to our fine cut editor that will just fine tune and polish everything. We have uh, a review process with a quality control person. And so then after that, if there's any revisions that are needed, it will go back. Now, internet speeds and computer processing power in the Philippines is limited. We've upgraded as much as we can, but one choice that I made is I bought a gaming system here in the USA and it's set up at my home and we've got real high-speed internet there. So what I have my team do is they will transfer the project file, they'll save the project file to Dropbox, which syncs to this computer at my home that I call the Render Boss. And on the Render Boss is where they'll render it and use that high computing power. And when it's done rendering, that's when they'll upload it to either frame or that's where they'll upload it to YouTube. So anyway, kind of an interesting side note that they it's easier for them to remotely log into my computer. They all work from their homes. After that, it goes to my YouTube team where they'll transcribe it. They'll write out the description. They'll design the thumbnail, anything and everything, getting it ready to schedule for YouTube. So I kind of skipped over some of those steps, but that's the gist. So once you go through the content production and you mentioned, you know, you have to do transcriptions and you're creating thumbnails to make it visually appealing and eye-catching, thumb-stopping, if you will, what's the process of marketing? Are you just putting this on YouTube and hoping that you're taking advantage of the SEO value? Obviously, YouTube is has its own search engine. It's the largest video search engine. Are you starting to promote the videos as well? So we don't do anything after the fact to market it. Everything that we do to market is in the strategy beforehand. So even before we choose the topics that we're going to film on, we do keyword research before filming. And we find the questions that people are asking. And we find questions that we know that if we make a video with this title, it'll rank on day one. So definitely we're going after search traffic. Talk to me about your keyword research process is there a tool where you're looking specifically at YouTube or are you looking at questions that the talent just inherently knows are popular? What's the process for finding out what questions to answer? So it used to be that I was using multiple tools to do my keyword research process and it was quite complex. It took me forever to train my team. A year ago, I discovered a new tool that SEMrush came out with. So SEMrush.com, it's their keyword magic tool. And I'll give you an example. If you go into that tool and you type in something like living room design, my friend Katie Gutierrez, I did this search with, and she's an interior designer. We put in living room design, we hit enter, and then we hit one more button and the button is questions. That's the magic of this tool because it brings up all the questions that people are asking about living room design. We came up with a list of 20 different titles, very, very specific ideas that she could make individual episodes about. So one of them might be how to design a living room with high ceilings, or how to design a kitchen living room combo, or how to design a living room with a corner fireplace. Those are just the ones that I can remember off my head. But by doing that, the people that are searching for that specific phrase, how to design a living room with a corner fireplace, they're going to find her video and they're going to watch it all the way to the end because it's exactly what they were searching for. The YouTube algorithm sees that and says, wow, this is a high-performing video. Let's find more people like this initial small handful that we can promote this video to. And so it's a gradual momentum-building strategy, but it's a strategy that works for years and years and years. You know, if you compare that to if you post a video on Facebook and it gets a thousand views or any type of post, it gets a thousand views in that first week. Okay, a month later, the post is dead. It's not getting a single view. A year later, it's more than dead. It's like buried beneath all your other content. 
on YouTube, you can post a video day after day after day after day, and none of them get buried. They're all bringing in new views. They're all bringing in new subscribers and growing the momentum of your channel. So talk to me about how you evaluate the performance of the content you're producing. YouTube analytics is so amazing. The YouTube partner program is really helpful in that YouTube really wants me to succeed. And if I really work to make YouTube succeed, it actually works for my advantage. And maybe I'll say that another way. If I make a video that will make YouTube money, they're going to promote it and it's really going to benefit me. And it's kind of nice icing on the cake that when my video gets more and more views, they're putting ads next to it. They pay me half the revenue for the advertising. But let me go back a step and just talk a little bit more about the analytics and the opportunities you can find because YouTube provides me all the data that I can need to know why one video performed well, why another one didn't, what caused it to perform well, what parts of the video were good and which parts weren't. So when I start with this search strategy, doing the keyword research before filming, after several months, I've got a lot of data and I can look in there and say, wow, this video right here, YouTube really likes. YouTube has paired an ad with it. They're really promoting it. And it gives me ideas of, well, I'm going to make more videos similar to that one, or I can take the same one and make it even better. We'll create sequels. So it's really just using keyword research and looking for opportunities in the analytics to really take advantage of YouTube so that YouTube will be our marketing engine. So you have an organic growth strategy. You're doing your keyword research. You're producing a lot of content and you're allowing the magic of the YouTube universe to promote your content. You also mentioned that you're producing content five times a week. What are some of the other ways that you can think about growing your YouTube channel? Well, I have explored a lot of different ways, and it's actually challenging. If you've got an email list and you post a new episode, it's great to send out your email list and let them know. There are challenges to posting on social media, but you can't. Sometimes in a Facebook group will work better than on your regular profile. But I'll give you an illustration and I'm free to share the channel. There's a gentleman named John Cristani, and he is a big marketer. He's an affiliate marketer. He's an expert in paid traffic, and he wanted to grow a YouTube channel, so he used a lot of paid traffic to grow his channel. In fact, at the end of last year, he'd grown it to 65,000 subscribers, but the channel itself was pretty empty. When he would post a video that wasn't promoted, it really did get viewed, and there were no comments. There wasn't any engagement. It wasn't generating leads for him, definitely wasn't profitable. We met and in January of this year, me and my team began producing this channel and we followed all my ingredients with the keyword research. We posted five episodes per week. We've grown that channel now just since January to 190,000 subscribers. So it's really grown well, but it's the opposite of an empty channel, whatever that would be, a full channel. It's getting views organically. It's pulling in traffic of people that are searching for his expertise. And he's definitely generating leads. From an AdSense perspective, it went from an empty channel not generating more than a couple dollars to now between ten dollars and $20,000 per month are coming in just in ad revenue. And that's just icing on the cake compared to the lead generation machine. So as much as I would like to find a way to market it, the organic side is huge. And let me share one other take on this. Chris Crone, who has the real estate channel that I produce, he says, the leads that I get from YouTube are 10 times better than any lead that I can pay for. And he just made that number up. But what he means by that is there's such a strong pre-frame. People have watched episode after episode after episode. They feel like they've built a relationship with you. They're not at the top of the funnel, right? They're already doing research. 
Exactly. And by the time they come to your website or your funnel and they want to buy something, by the time you're on the phone with them, they've got their credit card in hand saying, I want to buy from you whatever you're selling. This all sounds wonderful. And you know, I'm an advocate of content marketing and I think there has to be some caveats here, right? It sounds very easy. Hey, you get together once a month with a video production agency and the next thing you know, you're spinning out 20 grand in AdSense. Well, why isn't everybody doing this if it's that simple? Talk to me about the costs of video production and also the timing it takes to scale a YouTube channel. Yeah, great points and great question because it really does take a long time on YouTube. It's definitely not a quick turnaround like you expect with most marketing campaigns. You know, you pay for ads, you pay for a billboard even, and you're going to get traffic right then. With YouTube, we're talking about a year or two before you really start to break even and turn it into a profit. So when I talk about my clients generating seven figures of revenue, yeah, that's after a couple years. I mean, when we get fully aggressive, we're launching five episodes a week. The first four months, you hardly see anything. And it's actually emotionally kind of taxing because you post a video. And if you didn't do anything to send it out to your email list or whatnot, it might only get 15 views. And you're just thinking, is this really working, Nate? But right at that four-month mark, you actually experience a spike and you start to pick up momentum. And by the end of the year, profitable for clients that work with me on an aggressive campaign like that, it is a six-figure budget over the course of the year. And that's a lot, especially if you're not planning on making a profit that whole first year. So the cons are, yeah, it's a lot of hard work. And if you don't have a business in place where you've got a good monetization strategy, it's probably going to be premature or you're going to burn out and not be able to continue. I think that's an important call and I appreciate the transparency. It's one of the reasons, not that it's a competition, but that I decided to focus on audio content production as opposed to video was, you know, my first startup was a video guitar lesson startup where I was producing an educational series to teach beginners how to play the guitar. There's lots of video guitar lessons that are out there. And it was really expensive to produce the content. And that's why podcasts, I think, are interesting because yeah, obviously there's a little bit of a different amount of fidelity. You can't see the person that you're talking to, but you can produce the content at a less expensive rate. Why are brands investing the higher dollar figure for production to produce videos when they could be doing something like creating a blog, building a podcast, creating a social media following? Why is YouTube and video production something that monetizes so well? Yeah, in addition to the point that you made just about the additional advantage of being able to see the person, I mean, in video, you can make eye contact. The real advantage that YouTube has that I'm waiting for the podcast world to fix. YouTube has an amazing search engine. When people want to learn something, when people are wanting to know how to fix something or they're looking for some type of tutorial, they're expecting to find a video on YouTube. And it works really, really well. There's not a collective search engine for the podcast world. And at Google, sometimes I found podcasts by I just through experimenting. I've done Google searches and I found podcasts, but I don't think that's the norm. And most podcast episodes aren't structured to really be found through SEO as much as they might want to be. It just isn't built that way. Yeah, there's a shift in the industry happening this year where Google is starting to index podcasts and serving up individual episodes, yeah. which is obviously a new development in the podcast landscape. But I, I understand your point of the visibility 
of videos, how a YouTube is a Google-owned property, so it's going to show up in Google search. They're one of the biggest search engines of the world, just the YouTube property. Then you get the additional visibility of being on Google as well. Mix that in with the fidelity and the connection that you get from, you know, seeing someone eye to eye, even if it's in a video, you have this really rich experience. And so if you have an existing business and you have the capital, YouTube is a great channel if you can stomach the weight that it takes to cultivate your channel, just like any other organic growth channel. You can't just expect your first blog post to start driving traffic. You have to consistently post content over time. A podcast, same thing. Took us months to get up to the 10,000 download figures, nine months to be exact. And YouTube is the same. It takes time to develop your following. Nate, I think it's great advice. I'm really excited to continue our conversation, but I appreciate you walking us through your content production and some of the value of YouTube as a channel. Thank you. You bet. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Nate Woodbury, the owner of Be The Hero Studios, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Nate is going to talk to us about how you can leverage YouTube as an influencer lead generation machine. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Nate, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can follow him on Twitter. His handle is YouTuberNate, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E-R-N-A-T-E. Or you can visit his website, which is BeTheHeroStudios.com. Or if you want to find him on YouTube, of course, you can look for Nate Woodbury in the YouTube search engine. Just one link I want to tell you about in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We have summaries of all of our episodes. We have the contact information for our guests. You could sign up for our once a week newsletter that tells you all about the content we published each week. And you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, pretty much everywhere. You could also reach out to me personally. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Nate Woodbury, owner of Be The Hero Studios, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.